Hey my friends, this is the place every week where I want to thank my Patreon donors who support me at patreon.com slash connorrock. It means the world to me. Thank you so much, you guys. I also wanted to give a specific shout out to Doug Shoemaker, who makes an incredibly generous donation each and every month, and I couldn't do this without you. Thank you so, so much, Doug. Now on with the show. Howdy, my friends. Welcome to the Real Love Film Podcast. I am your host, Connor Rock. I am normally joined every week by my co-host, Justin Lozada. He is off this week, but we'll be back for the next episode. This week, I wanted to talk to you guys about the new movie that just premiered on Amazon Prime Video called Sound of Metal. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it. Before that, I wanted to address a few things. First, I wanted to talk to you guys about my Patreon, which I just recently launched. I'm really excited about it. It's an awesome way to give you guys something for supporting me and for continuing to give me the ability to continue to make this podcast. To be honest, podcasting isn't something that's as easy as it may seem or may look to an outside viewer. It requires a lot of time, effort, and a lot of more money than you may think. So the Patreon gives you a way to help support me to continue to produce this content for you guys and to produce better content. I mean, I've only been doing this a few months and it can only get better from here. I love movies. I'm really passionate about pursuing podcasting with you guys and growing with you guys. Your Patreon support really helps me to do that. So what's really cool about Patreon is it gives you the opportunity to actually get something in return for supporting me. Patreon is set up where there's different tiers per your support. So on one of the tiers, you may get the opportunity to get extra content from me that I won't be releasing on the podcast or my YouTube channel, which is just at my name, Connor Rock. The next tier, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me what you'd like me to talk about. One of your favorite movies, favorite TV shows, whatever it is, just let me know and we'll talk about that. The final tier is going to give you the opportunity to talk about whatever you would like to, and you're going to get to come on the podcast, which is amazing. Please support me at patreon.com slash connorrock. It really means a lot to me, and thank you so much for listening. I also wanted to talk about reviews for this podcast. Reviews are the best way to help people find our podcast. Reviews primarily come from Apple Podcasts which is the main source. Unfortunately, Spotify is set up right now, which is our second most popular podcast streaming app. They don't have reviews set up on their platform, but iTunes does. And what reviews do is they actually move us closer to the top when you search for movie reviews, film podcasts, and the like. And it also gets us closer to being on the iTunes podcast homepage. So it helps us grow, helps us expand, helps us reach new listeners. And it really means a lot to me. And I actually wanted to read the podcast reviews that we've had thus far. So fun and inspiring. I love this podcast. Incredible job on the first one. It made me want to go watch the movie, which I did the very next day. Can't wait for the next one. Love the conversational approach and the focus on what touches us through movies. Keep up the great work. That's from Will Bull 2019. This is actually my husband, so I really appreciate it. I love you so much. The second review is from Hysteria Musings. This is also my brother. I love you, George. Thank you so much for your support. 
It starts with positive and reparative reading. It could be really easy to hate on Disney and Pixar as capitalistic conglomerates, but I find it extremely refreshing that you picked out that self-awareness they commented on the film be on this film. Enjoyed this quite a bit. Can't wait for the next one. The third review is from Abigail Allred, who is actually my cousin, and I love you so much. In this review, it starts with, love this. I'm a huge movie person, and I love just enjoying the feel-goods of movies. Thanks, Connor, for spotlighting that. Can't wait for the next episode. I just wanted to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to review the podcast. It, I can't highlight enough how much it means to me and how important it is. So please, if you guys get a chance, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. And don't worry, if you guys don't have any Apple products, if you don't have a Mac, an iPhone, or an iPad, I'm going to make it really easy. Go to the links in my show notes. Just scroll down to the bottom of your podcast feed reader. You'll see them. It'll take you right to the iTunes page, and you can leave a review. Now here's my review of Sound of Metal. You sound great. Yeah, right. What? You're telling me you weren't feeling it? You were in it. We don't, need to, we don't need to put them all out. I know, but we just need to film hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You have to understand your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. found a place. I think it's important that you stay here with us right now, Ruben. We're looking for a solution to, to this. Not this. I need you to wait for me, okay? You're in for me, Lou. You're my part. You're in for me, okay? You gotta wait for me. keep moving it can be a damn cruel place but those moments of stillness the bat one thing that i noticed that really hit me is man the sound design is incredible it it puts you right in the frame of mind of what it must feel like to be a drummer in a metal band and it also gets you kind of already starting about sound and what sound does to our brain 
what we think about sound and the way that sound can actually be debilitating and anxiety-ridden, all kind of twisted up in one thing. Um, so from there in this movie, and I should say spoilers for this film, because for my review, I kind of have to dive into spoilers. Just before we get into that, highly recommend this movie. Please watch it. It's going to be in a lot of critics' top 10 lists. Riz Ahmed, I'm telling you now, is probably going to win the Best Actor the Best Actor Award at the Oscars. I have no doubt about it. Um, so, and continue with that. So, he he drums that performance. The, the first kind of scene of the movie is him drumming behind the singer, his girlfriend, Lou. He wakes up the next day and has what he describes in the film. It sounds almost like things are underwater. He continues about his day. He tries blowing through his nose, kind of holding holding his breath and blowing out, trying to equalize his, his hearing. Doesn't work. Nothing happens. He goes on to a next show. Wakes up the next day. It's progressed. It's even worse. At this point, it's terrifying. And the sound design, again, which is really the highlight of this movie, and it's so phenomenal. It puts you in the frame, the mindset of Ruben and what it would feel like to go from having this hearing to really not hearing much at all. Lou is talking to him in this morning before they're going on to their show, and he can't really hear what she's saying. He kind of has to pretend that he hears what she's saying. He goes about trying his best to lip-read, just trying his best to kind of figure out what's going on. At this point, he goes on to perform a show, wakes up, and his the hearing is almost completely gone. At this point, he's forced to go to a doctor to talk about his loss of hearing. And they tell him it's really serious. It's something that it's if it continues, he's going to be completely deaf in a matter of days. Um, there's this really quite emotional, impactful scene with Lou and Reuben where they're at a diner. And Reuben comes clean about the struggles that he's having with his hearing um, and tells Lou that he can't hear a word she's saying. He writes it out on a piece of paper um, and you feel both her frustration but also her complete sadness of the situation that Ruben is experiencing. You can already see that there's a deep amount of love between these two people. So from that point on, that's when the movie really begins. And I'm not going to go into too much detail past this point because I don't want to spoil the movie for you guys. But the reason why I highlight those things is this is when the movie really hooked me. The sound design is really the key point, but also these two leads performances are incredible. Like two of the best performances I've seen all year, bar none. Um, and I wanted to talk about something. I, I was listening to the podcast Fresh Air on NPR. You guys might have heard of it. They also air, it's also syndicated. It's on a lot of NPR stations throughout the nation. Um, and in it, they were talking to Riz Ahmed, the star of this movie. And he had a few things to say about the movie that really stuck with me and really kind of encapsulated what I feel about the movie. And without, I, I when I first finished watching this movie, I struggled with finding the words of why I found it so impactful, why I found it so powerful. The thing that I came away with, the, the thing that, I was thinking as I walked away from watching it was, oh man, this really, really 
gets me gains a lot of empathy for me about the deaf experience and why the deaf community feels so strongly about the way they do that being deaf is not a disability. It's just you're differently abled in a different way. And that's all it is. And also kind of the blessing that can be found in this differently abled person. Um, so getting into that and talking about this interview that Riz Ahmed did with Terry Gross of Fresh Air, here's what he had to say. So what he said is, these things that you do are a part of you, but aren't all of you. Hopefully it's not the core of who you are, talking about Reuben and his character. The arc of Reuben, his arc mirrors so closely, closely our collective arc as a society during this pandemic. Reuben is a workaholic. We're in this workaholic, productivity, endless growth-obsessed society. Both Reuben and our society face the health crisis that has thrown them both into a kind of lockdown or purgatory where they're forced to reassess who they are. It can either leave you with no sense of worth or purpose or a realization that the things we thought defined us aren't the core of who we are. And they're more something quantifiable or tangible. There's got to be something we are underneath all our paychecks and our daily routines and our Instagram and social media pages. There's just got to be. Having these things taken away and you're staring into the void and it can be terrifying and destabilizing, there's something else inside that is truly who we are. These moments of crisis, I like to think, have brought me closer to that realization. We don't have any control. Maybe everything you have is a gift. Maybe if you're not responsible for the bad things, maybe you're responsible for not responsible for the good. Maybe everything is a gift. A place from entitlement to gratitude. And I don't know about you guys, but that hit me like a ton of bricks. For me, that has been my experience these last nine months. These last nine months, I'm sure for all of you guys, is they've been the hardest of my life. There have been many a nights where I've sat in bed wondering, what is my purpose? What am I here for? What am I doing? I, I, I've been out of work nine months, and who knew that that work was just part of what makes me feel like I have some value or worth? And thinking... That's wrong. That's wrong to think that, that our society has made us think that whatever career we have, whatever money we're accumulating in our life, that's what's important. And it isn't. And this highlighted a thought that I've kind of fought against for a long time and have failed to talk about here on this podcast. And I, to be honest, I, I fail at this daily. I still struggle with the fact that after nine months, not only do I not have a job, but I don't know, I don't know what where my value comes. In a society that that puts so much stock in your career, in the money in your bank account, in the house you have, in the cars you own, and the things that you accumulate, that realization that those mean nothing. I also think about all these people right now with wealth that seem to be acting so carelessly 
as people like myself and many others suffer. That is not everyone with wealth. That is not everyone that's done well. But I see these people that are well off taking vacations, going out of the country, traveling while we're in a pandemic, while California itself is having some of the worst bout of coronavirus of the whole world. And it's distressing and it's frustrating. And it really brings me, like, it makes me emotional. And I think you can all relate to this feeling. I think you can all relate to the, the feeling of this year has afforded us the ability to sit in our own thoughts and our own silence. This year has really made it impossible for us to avoid our own demons. And as hard as that is, I think that's a really positive thing. And that's really hard to take. That's really hard to think about and to kind of fathom. It's been hard for me to fathom. I, I still am struggling with that. I'm, I'm still struggling with that realization. I, I didn't realize how much of my own self-worth was built up in the jobs that I had or the career that I held. I'm not someone... I, I unfortunately have never had the opportunity to go to school. I've never had an amazingly, you know, amazing paying career. I've never had that. I've never had a job that, you know, I necessarily am proud of. I've had a lot of great coworkers and some really nice bosses occasionally that I really love and appreciate. But I've never had a job that I was incredibly proud of. Some of you have that. And for that, I hope you know that you're incredibly lucky. But what Rizom had kind of highlighted here is the realization that in the end, when the silence comes, when we're left alone with our own thoughts, that really doesn't mean anything. In the end, when our time comes, those aren't the things that we're going to take with us. The things that we're going to take with us, and this may be cliche, are the people that we loved. The impact that we had, the ability we feel to make others feel loved and cared for and cherished around us, the good that we did, those are the things that really matter. And really, when I think about this movie and the things that really hit me hardest were like the movie itself, the, the title of the movie is Sound of Metal. And I think about this movie, and when I think back on it, I think of the, the song, the very famous 80s song that was recently had um, a remake that was incredibly popular, The Sound of Silence. And I think about that phrase, and I think about what happens when we sit in our own silence. What happens when we have to face our own demons and have no thought, no words to cover up those demons? No words to kind of shield them. We're, we're forced to sit in our own thoughts. That's incredibly hard, but incredibly therapeutic if we let it be. And I, from that, I, I wanted to talk about another quote that's in the movie. Another character when he's talking to Ruben... And I think one of the breakout stars of the movie. He's an actor that hasn't been in anything that you guys would know up to this point. I wouldn't be surprised if he's nominated for a Best Actor nomination at the Oscars. His name, the actor's name is Paul Racy, and he plays the character Joe. Joe is the character that, at the point that Ruben is his, at his lowest as a character, when him and Lou are struggling to find what to do next, when he's finally told her that I have no hearing. I can't hear much of anything at all. Just 
a steady ringing. They go to, they find a place that is a hearing, basically a, a deaf camp. Um, and they don't realize that, that at this point, this, this kind of group doesn't focus on gaining your hearing back. I think that's what they think when they set out to this place. They think, oh, okay, this will help us, help me to find a way to gain my hearing. And this is just a stopgap until I can fix my hearing. Ruben has a, a really interesting conversation, a really powerful conversation with a doctor where he's talking about his hearing. And it really highlights kind of this workaholic nature, but also like this nature that I, I you know, all of us, we can't stop. You know, our society doesn't lend us the ability to stop and reflect or, or even the capitalistic society, the late stage capitalism society that we're in right now, doesn't give us the opportunity to stop working and to take a breather and to reassess. And it's kind of reflected in the scene. You know, he talks about, I can't stop working. I have to drum. This is the only way that we're going to survive. Meanwhile, there, there are two people that are living in a, you know, a driving trailer. They, they don't have much, but this is the only way that they've been able to pay their bills. And it's the only thing that they love and care about. And he keeps on telling this, the doctor, I, I have to be able to pay drums. How, how can I do that? And she says, I, I just want to tell you that that's not going to be possible. You're going to lose all of your hearing. And in talking to her, she says, there is a surgery that you can do. You can get a surgery to bring back your hearing. He says, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm there. Tell me how much. She tells him upwards of 50 grand, which as two people, that is something that's completely out of the realm of possibility of something they can afford. But he says, okay, and it kind of highlights how addicted this character is to not only his job, but also the idea that his career and his job drowns out the demons that he's battling himself. You come to find out later in this movie that him and his girlfriend struggled through addiction together. They were both addicted to heroin, and maybe that was part of what took his hearing. There are scientific studies that say some of these drugs actually have caused people to lose their hearing completely. Not saying that's everyone. Many people lose their hearing just through genetics or uh, accident that is out of their control. And a lot of these people that lose their hearing don't view it as any form of disability. They view it as they are differently abled, which is valid and completely wonderful. And this movie gave me a lot more empathy towards that side of this argument. So continuing in that thread, he meets this character, Joe. They're on this kind of retreat. I guess there's, there's quite a few people that are deaf and He's talking to Ruben about this area and what, what he can expect from it. Um, he tells him that, you know, we are, it's funded by a religious group. You know, we are like a Christian-based group. Ruben tells him, hey man, I'm, I'm not religious in any way. Um, that just doesn't interest me. And if this is religious, you know, I, I don't really want a part of it. And he's like, Ruben, this isn't, our work here is not based on religion. They, they fund us, but that is not our work. So you aren't forced to go and, and practice religion. And it brings me to this conversation that they have that I think highlights 
the thesis of the movie or, or what I believe the thesis of the movie to be and thesis being kind of the takeaway of the movie. So it starts with Ruben who's saying like, what does it matter? What does it matter? It, it just passes, yo. If I disappear, like who cares? Nobody cares, man. Seriously. Yo, and that's okay. That's life. That's life. No, for real. Okay. If it just passes and forgive me for swearing guys, it's just fucking, fucking passes. And Joe says, I wonder, uh, all these mornings you've been sitting in my study, sitting, have you had any moments of stillness? Because you're right, Ruben, the world does keep moving, and it can be a damn cruel place. But for me, those moments of stillness, that place, that's the kingdom of God. And that that scene highlights just the sincerity and brutal honesty of this movie, and it, I feel like this movie as a whole just, it's the thesis of the movie is sit with your stillness, sit in your silence. Sometimes that is exactly what we all need. And sometimes sound isn't the blessing that we view it as. Sometimes taking what we have and the abilities that we are given is the true blessing. Finding the good in whatever situation you're in is the true way to live your life. And I do want to talk about spoilers because I, I I, want to talk about the final scenes of the movie and kind of how they hit me because they reflect back on, I think, what the movie has to say and what it says to me in my opinion of it. So in the final scenes of the movie, Ruben goes and gets, after being told by Joe, please, if you're going to be part of this group, you cannot, and I stress it, you cannot get reparative therapy or reparative treatment. You can't get surgery to repair your hearing. Because us as a group, we don't view this as a disability. We view this as we're just differently abled. And if you get that surgery, that tells us that we, all this, this thing that we've held on to that has been our reality, that has kept us going for this long, that has been our truth, you in getting this surgery are invalidating all of that. You're voiding everything that we feel is true and correct. Ruben, like an addict, is addicted to sound. He's addicted to his ability to hear the world around him. He's addicted to getting back to Lou, his girlfriend. He's in love with her. Their love is sweet, but also in turn reflects an emotionally kind of relationship that's addictive, a relationship that may be unhealthy because of their kind of unyielding need for each other. Ruben goes to get this cochlear implant surgery. He gets it. And when the doctor puts on the, the equipment and he goes for activation, she turns it on and he hears for the first time it sounds nothing like what he was used to when he heard. And it drives him crazy. It it almost reminds me of what I would imagine someone with tinnitus experiences. That very high-pitched ringing in your ears that at night is so difficult to bear that it, it makes it almost impossible sometimes to sleep. What I think a lot of us that experience anxiety actually fear feel inside of ourselves but this is reflected 
in a physical kind of experience through your ears. Um, so he's experiencing this. He tells her that everything sounds quite tinny, quite like metallic, and he's really confused by it. And she reiterates, Reuben, this isn't, we aren't using your ears. This won't sound anything like what you experienced before because what we're doing, you do not have the ability to use your ears. You will never have that again. We are tricking your brain into thinking that you can hear through your ears. And that really stuck with me, that idea. I, I have a dear friend who has cochlear implants. And, you know, I've talked, I, I hammer this point again and again and again in every podcast, podcast that we talk about. Movies are empathy machines. That's what famously Roger Ebert said about movies. And this is, once again, the, same, the example of the same kind of statement about movies. It puts me in the shoes of so many people that have these cochlear implants. And the difficulties that come with that, obviously for many, these are miracles. And they provide the ability to hear, which can't go unheralded. I mean, this is an amazing accomplishment by doctors to be able to get, grant people this ability. But for some, that's not something that they want. It's not something they desire, and they find it offensive. What is troubling is for some of these people that get these implants, they are harassed and bullied and attacked by the deaf community, which isn't okay. I can't comfortably speak about this too confidently because I myself am not hearing impaired. I am not deaf. I've not had any implants. So with integrity, I can't talk about this. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of insight. So from that point, there's not that much left of the movie. Ruben goes on from there and he goes to meet his girlfriend's father who is living in a very nice home and the actor that plays him is phenomenal. He is so good. Also kind of highlighting like a, a really kind of a taking, a taking away point of this. He's been in the Grand Budapest Hotel. He's been in Munich, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which was an, actually an Oscar-nominated movie, and Quantum of Solace. He was the villain in Quantum of Solace. From that scene, we we finally see the reuniting of Ruben and his girlfriend, Lou. They reunite. They're obviously super excited to see each other again. And they spend a night at a dinner party at Lou's father's house. Ruben is in the background and is still experiencing quite a lot of just discomfort and anxiety that comes from these this new adjustment in his hearing. These cochlear implants are causing so much stress and anxiety. And once again, the sound design does such a good job of putting you in that frame of mind and 
and what that must feel like. I listened to this movie with headphones. I watched this movie with headphones. And that's something I would actually really recommend because it, it's, it's a visceral experience. Um, so after this party, him and Lou lay down in the bed next to each other. And they start the process of, you know, they're making love or beginning to. They're kissing and, and kind of con reconnecting after all this time of being apart. Reuben and Lou are separated in the movie for what seems like months, maybe a year, as Reuben's studying to learn ASL or American Sign Language. And he's changed after this experience. He's, he's changed a lot. He's a different man. He's been exposed to the wonders of the deaf community, how beautiful they are, how perfectly able they are, how their experience is unique and different, but very similar and also how ASL can be just as, just as, if not more impactful than speaking. And so is any sign language. As they lay in bed, you see, this is one of the moments that's just beautifully acted by both of them, but Riz Ahmed in particular. They kiss and you see in Riz Ahmed's eyes, in Ruben's eyes, the realization that you know what? This relationship is not the best for either of us anymore. He's almost realizing that we are addicted to each other and we're holding each other back. And also that Ruben's changed. He's, he's a different man at this point. He's not the same person that Lou loved some time ago. So that next morning, you see Ruben and he kisses Lou and you can see it in his eyes that this is a final goodbye. He walks out the door and goes into like a plaza of a main city. There's a fountain and lots of like hustle and bustle in the city. His ears are ringing. That, that metallic sound is just piercing and you can feel it as you listen to it. It's just, it's, anxiety-ridden and obnoxious and really kind of puts you on edge. And as Reuben sits there, you see the inner workings of his mind and his eyes. Once again, this is phenomenal acting. You see what he's thinking. And I don't necessarily want to tell you what he's thinking because I think that's up for you to decide. And as he's sitting there, you almost see a light in his eyes and he goes and takes off both of his cochlear implants and the sound in his head and the soundtrack fade away. And there's just silence. End of movie. It's so perfect. So beautiful. And honestly, talking about this many times have, have made me realize just how special this movie is. I knew it was special. I knew that I really, really loved this movie. But because it it was so uncomfortable to watch it because I, I, I had to analyze a lot of my own demons. I think I put it to the side because of that. Because being uncomfortable isn't easy. And if I can leave you guys with anything with this review, and I, I know I've rambled on, and I don't mean to, to, to do that. I, I don't want to make you guys feel in any way less than. And I hope that 
the way that I'm talking about this movie and, and my experience and kind of what I took away from it doesn't make you feel that way. But really what this movie left me with and what that interview on, on NPR really reinstated was that maybe we all need to be okay with sitting in the silence. Maybe this year, the pandemic, COVID-19, all of the awful things that have happened, maybe they have forced us to strip away everything that we held dear, the things that are guardrails. They've stripped those away and they've forced us to sit in our own silence, to face our own thoughts, to be able to sit with them until we reach the point that we aren't fighting with ourselves, that no longer do we hear the inner turmoil of our own mind, that we find inner peace, that we find the beauty and really the, the sound of silence. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this podcast. This was a different experience than any of the podcasts I've recorded thus far. This was really just me kind of going off on a tangent and really kind of, I think, being a little more personal with you guys than I've ever been on a podcast before. Um, and that's, it's, it's honestly moved me to be able to talk about this. I've, various times during this, I've, I've felt moved to tears. Um, and I hope you guys feel that. And I hope you guys get the opportunity to watch this movie because I think that if you go into it with the same kind of feeling that I did and kind of using what I've talked to you about today as kind of your guide, you'll be able to find that same ability to kind of that, that same kind of cathartic release that I found. And that's the challenge to you guys, once again, as I kind of reiterate the same point. Learn to be comfortable in your own silence. Also, learn that just because someone else's experience is different than your own, doesn't mean it's wrong, doesn't mean it's different. Just because they may not have the things that you have, the money that you have, the cars, the house, doesn't mean they're less happy. And that if we sit in our own silence, maybe we're really all the same in the end. Be honest, sometimes that's hard to create things for people that I know are very passionate. But it feels to me as an overachiever and, and also kind of reiterating the same point that we talked about in this episode. I need to learn to be okay with exactly where I am in this point, which is very much a meditative kind of idea. I need to be okay with creating this podcast for no one except myself and for Justin. Please make sure to tune in for our next episode. My intention is to talk about our top 10 films of this year of 2020. That is my goal. I want to be able to talk about it. Our next episode is going to be talking about Tenet, which is the new Christopher Nolan movie. I have different feelings than Justin does about this movie, and I'm really excited to dive into those with you guys. And I'm excited to get back to a regular routine. Once again, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Look for the notes in the show notes that will take you straight to the review page on iTunes. Also, look up my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Connor Rock. There you can subscribe to my Patreon if you'd like. 
If you do, it means the world to me. It really makes a huge difference. As always, be good to each other. Be kind, be loving, and know that you matter. Thank you so much, guys, and I'll talk to you later.